Episode 25, number two. Shit happens. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be a weird one. Probably a short one. Sit back, relax, and I don't know, whatever the hell you do. Happy Tuesday. Are you familiar with Stockholm Syndrome? Yeah. Now imagine you're a stockholder in that same scenario where, like, you've gambled so much on like a stock that it now owns you as much as you own it. I need Apple to be good because that's where my money is. Stockholder syndrome. Pretty soon it's going to be a good time to buy some stocks, probably. The recession hits, so, which is looking likely. Just like American currency, those are all endorsed by the United States government, which means they're only good as long as the government is. Well, I'm saying when you hit that recession, everything's going to drop out. And then that's when you buy, if, it's when everything's super low. But what's everything? Everything. Are we talking Stock martial law? Everything buyer. drops out? Possibly. Exactly. Yes. At that point, I think I would rather have half a box of any kind of bullet. Yeah, speaking of which, I just went to get some rifle rounds. Spent $100 for 70 rounds. You can find them, but shit ain't cheap. So, stockholder syndrome. That one actually blows way out past stockholders, unless you want to think of other things as stockholders. Like, as humans, we would like to think we own a certain percentage of this planet, right? As humans, we like to believe that we own the planet, period. Sort of. I don't even mean, like, that we own it. It's just obvious that our we're literally saddled to the same horse. Yes. Like, if the Earth dies, we go with it at this point. Maybe we could send a few hundred or a few thousand of us out into space to possibly infect another planet. But until that point, we need this thing to ride around the universe on as our starship. I wish everybody would suffer from at least some piece of this. Like, we all needed to do well, even if, even if you only care for selfish reasons. Good is good, even if you do it for the wrong reasons. It's all so fucked. I can see a stockholder syndrome as, like, these YouTube famous people who that's where their monetary value and worth comes in, is the amount of viewers and, and views and, and miscellaneous that they have. Without that, they have an or nothing. Okay, you had that well, because Well, a lot of them have lost their asses because they've been putting all their money into Bitcoin and NFTs and stuff like that. And, well, that's gone. Down. It worked, man. It got them rich. Don't say not anymore. Don't say Bitcoin. Cryptos. Cryptocurrency. And NFTs. Yes. Bitcoin is a legitimate investment, sort of. It's digital money. It's yes. the digital currency. No matter what any of the fraction of a penny coins want to say, Bitcoin is it. So many people have lost because all that shit's just done downhill so much. They're worthless investments. Sort of like a bond, except for they're not backed by anything. Like, they just are what they are, and you're speculating on trash. You're hoping that somebody will pay more than what you did for that screenshot of some stupid drawing of a monkey or something. Nobody cares about any of that. I mean, that's not true, obviously. People are paying it currently, but as soon as everybody realizes nobody cares, it's going to die. Pretty sure it's just a way for the rich to show off the shit that they have. They ran out of things to buy. Yeah. 
Literally. There was too much money floating around the upper echelon, so they keep coming up with dumber and dumber shit to buy. I own this picture, but you can well, literally the worst part copy is paste anywhere off the internet. Popularity is what garnered them money. Like, they literally got rich by being famous. That saying of the rich and the famous became a thing. It wasn't necessarily for a talented work. It was literally just for people knowing your name and face, basically. Anna Nicole Smith started this trend. She was a pretty girl. And then she married a billionaire. And there was a 50-year age gap or some shit. And everybody's like, oh, it's scandalous. But she really loved him, I think. And they both knew what it was. She knew he would die soon, and she was going to inherit a shit ton of money. But she, like, she tried to be better than that, rather than just, okay, i got to be here for the money. Like, she really loved him. But she took good care of him and stuff when he was... She did, like, she loved him. couldn't take care of himself. She took care of him. Would she, if it hadn't been for the money, I have no idea. But at least she did the job she was paid for. Like, they both made an agreement. But she got super famous for it, and it killed her. Literally. Like, she went from being this super nice girl to this super nice girl with billions of dollars. Stupid. I don't know if I agree that she was the one that started, though, because she was basically living her life based on Marilyn Monroe. But Marilyn Monroe was a talent. She was a movie star. That's true. She was a singer. Mm -hmm. Anna Nicole Smith had big boobs. Literally. She had she had never done anything of any talent before that. I don't remember where this guy met her. I want to say she was a waitress in a bar or some shit. She was nobody. And then she became the biggest. Everybody followed her all the time. Like, obviously she went to drugs because why not? She was in her mid-twenties, if I remember correct. Like, she wasn't an old woman. She was, I, w- I don't want to say a child, but obviously not a brainiac. Or maybe she was. I don't I don't believe she was. I, I didn't know her, so I hate to make those... Yeah, fair. Absolutely. I don't remember what the fuck we were supposed to be talking was about. Was there so. behind the scenes person we guiding Possibly. But was she just that cunning? Possibly. I don't even... I, I think it was just one of those weird... She was the first prettiest girl he saw in a certain time frame or something. She won the lottery. Or fate. But... Or maybe she was the first pretty girl to flirt with him a little bit or something, who knows? Showed him some attention that he wasn't used to, considering he was so much older. If a billionaire lives near you as a waitress in a bar, you're probably going to know who he is. Like those guys, especially back then, there weren't that many of them. Now there are, a few hundred. Or you're just that ditzy and you don't know who he is, so you treat him like a sweet old man, like walks into your bar. And he's just like, holy fuck, you treat me like anybody else. Okay, cool. She had to have done something different than everybody else. Spoiler alert for Atlas Shrugged. I'm pretty sure this is a plot line from that book. Jim, Jim Talbert? Is that his name? The brother. Read it. I don't know if I want to do the Hogan voice again. I'm so fucking glad that dude's still alive. Absolutely. This one's going to be Hogan. fine. Remember Mr. Danny? Yeah. Yeah. Hogan in the tutu. Was uh, Urban Commando or something like that, too? Uh, wasn't he the bad guy in one of them? He was the bad guy in something. I don't know if it was one of those. Because I think he was the Urban Commando and he, like, saved... Yeah, he tried to He tried to be a heavy and I don't think he did very good as the heavy. Wasn't he in a Bruce Lee movie? Uh, I 
Chuck Norris, maybe. No, I'm not going to mistake Hulk Hogan and Chuck Norris. Bruce Lee didn't have, like, I want to say only one American in any of his films. Norris. These 24 inch guns are going to blow your brains out, brother. You've seen Idiocracy, right? Where they elect the president by the greatest professional wrestler (laughs) at the time. And I think Hogan honestly would make a really good president. Dude's brain is fucked. All the concussions and cocaine, man. Wild. So we need an outsider, right? And Hogan, at this point, I can't imagine he gives a shit about too much. Probably his family and things, but if you're like, hey man, you want to be president? He'd probably say okay. Can we make it a movement? Hogan 24? Brother? <laughs> Hard pass. <laughs> You don't want Hogan as a president? No. You need to leave. Alright, but I'm taking all my shit with me. Well, fuck. I guess I'm just talking <laughs> to myself. Taking again. my shit and going home. Oh, he was in Muppets from Space. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is who we need as president. He was in a Muppet movie. He has to be a good person. He's been in lots of stuff. I forgot his Thunder in Paradise. Is that a movie or a series? I don't... Man... He's been in a lot of stuff. A lot of B-flicky shit. Yeah. Hell, he even did a porn, didn't he? <laughs> Probably. Well, not like a legit porn, but like a sex, sex tape? tape that got Probably. leaked. On purpose, accidentally. Probably. Whatever, man. Have fun. Have you seen Dark Side of the Ring yet? It's I'm it's not. pretty fucking good on Vice TV. They just behind the scenes of all that crazy shit. And oh. cocaine and steroids yep. and stewardesses. It got dark as fuck, though, man. So much tragedy, though. Like, heart falling out of the rafters, braining himself, literally. And then they just kept filming. Like, they carried his body out of the ring, and then they just went right back to doing the thing with blood still on the mat. I mean, even this day, there's so much shit that goes on that nobody knows about. Not to the extreme that it was back then, just because you have all these safety precautions and insurance issues and things like that with doing stupid shit that can get you killed so it's not that bad but shit still happens a big telltale sign is is that refs doing this pro wrestling mm-hmm. and a refs doing this it's like nah show's over game game off someone's serious it's time to stop someone's seriously fucked oh somebody won done Wait, no, what's his name the guy who's like the chairman of the Vince McMahon? Yeah. There was one mm-hmm. time when he was going, running into the ring for some dispute. He goes to slide under the ropes to get onto the mat. Hammied himself, didn't he? Tore both his quads. Oh. Like his knees hit the edge when he was sliding through. Mm-hmm. Ripped both quads. He couldn't stand up. It was just and he like... just sat there and just kept on screaming at people from sitting on the mat. Yeah. It looked ridiculous, but there was no way he was going to stand up. That's insane. It literally just happenstance, jumping in something yeah. you've done hundreds, if not thousands of times, and then, nope, that time was different. That oh. time was too much cocaine in the gym. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's been this trend, like people who like work a lot and don't sleep enough, and so they're constantly tired, falling asleep at work and stuff. They'll do... Um, was it ammonia? Isn't that what, like, uh... Smelling salt? Smelling salt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they'll get, like, a big jar of that that you see people use, like, when they're powerlifting and shit like that. 
We go out to the car, crack the jar open, take a whiff, and just, oh my God. And then go, after freaking out for a few minutes, go back into work, wide awake. That shit smells bad, and it works. It hurts my brain. Sensitivity is a privilege. I mean, those two words just go together perfectly. You have soft hands, it's because you're not forced to dig holes for a living. Now, there's a million other reasons you not have soft hands, but you get what I'm saying. Sensitivity is a privilege. Shitbox nation. Uh-huh. Send it <laughs> until you can't send it no more. <laughs> it slides perfectly into cranial deformation. Bandits. Banded skulls. Yeah. The Body earth. modifications in general. Humans mimic things. The prettier they consider something, the more they try to be that. So, possibly trying to mimic something... Or maybe super old tradition that they've forgotten the meaning of. We or as Americans religion, do shit. Or, you know, there's cultures out there where you scar yourself for kills you get in war and vanity. Yeah. Religious zealots. I get tattoos as memories I can't forget. Something that can't be taken away. I don't need a picture because I have one. And Betty White. Sounded like a good idea at the time. And maybe Still that's does. what it means. Yeah. Alright, so I'm going to butcher some Japanese. I apologize. Aoki Gahara, also known as the Sea of Trees, is a forest on the northwestern flank of Mount Fuji on the island of Honshu in Japan. Thriving on 30 square kilometers of hardened lava laid down by the last major eruption of Mount Fuji, in 864 CE. The western edge of Aokigahara, where there are several caves that fill with ice in winter, is a popular destination for tourists and school trips. Parts of the forest are very dense and the porous lava rock absorbs sound, contributing to a sense of solitude that some visitors attribute to the forest. However, this forest is probably today most commonly known as the suicide forest, because as the name States, people go there to kill themselves. It's become a popular destination to do so. And it was a shit ton of people, right? Yeah, like people were traveling in from other countries just to go to this forest and kill themselves. Even if people were considering suicide and haven't made up their minds, would go to the forest and camp out in it in tents and stuff until they came to the uh, conclusion that they either want to kill themselves or go home. Well, I want to say that's one of the few dense forests in Japan, or at least on the larger island. Like, yeah. it's not easy to go find somewhere to get lost and die. I know there's a lot of pretty places that aren't cities, but it's all privately owned. Japan is a very strange place compared to America. I mean, it's a point where the government is posting signs on trails and stuff that says, please don't kill yourself, think of your family, people love you. If you need help, reach out, call this number, ask for help, lots of stuff like that. So, is it the obvious reasons or the magical one? Is there something special about this place? That's hard to say. Hmm. I would really like to inspect it. I think it's been used as a place to commit suicide so long that people are just stuck there. And it's become like a magnet to the... Depressed and suicidal. 
Yes, it is a very sad subject. It almost feels like one of those explainable, the spiral. A few people had this idea locally, and then it spread, especially a name like that, the Suicide Forest. Yeah. People around that area would have heard about it now. They thought, oh, well, if other people are doing it there and it works, I'll do it. Turn into like a... Worldwide. Folk story and just spread. Yeah, I mean, literally just it started with one, like everything, and now it's, that's what it is, the world over. Now it's a legend and there's ghost stories and all the things. But see, that's the fun part about that kind of magic, even if it, is it self-feeding? Is it intentionally self-feeding? At this point, how many souls does it take before you consider the whole fucking forest a magical item? And just the way the whole forest naturally is just makes you feel even more cut off and alone than you would normally. I think I know how to make a wand for dark magic now. Probably specific, and I won't go into it. But So apparently, a lot of the people that like go in there, they don't tell anybody, obviously. So the way a family finds out is by getting the tow bill for having their car removed after so many weeks or months or whatever it is. Hell of a way to find out. Yep. That's, that one's dark, man. The farther I run into that forest, the darker it gets. Yeah, I think like, now it's just a magnet. wonder if there's something buried in the middle of it. Oh, there is. It's a volcano. wonder what's in that fucking volcano, man. I feel like I could make a badass wand out of something in there. Fucking kaiju. Fucking kaiju. The return. <laughs> People are sacrificing themselves to the kaiju, making it stronger. Possible. Lava Godzilla. If you're feeling crazy, like you might hurt yourself or someone else, make a call. Hit up the podcast. Whatever you need to do. Which I believe the number for the suicide hotline now is 988, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, 988 is the suicide hotline. It just recently changed, so it's a lot easier to remember than whatever it was before. Georgia Guidestones. The fact that they have been destroyed, we... uh really aren't sure still to this point whether it was religious fanatic or you know just some random extremist or some random teenager who knows it didn't get enough media coverage for anybody to find out and it won't governmental i mean it was just some religious group or person that had it done and put up and made and then somebody blew it up it's not like it's a national landmark or anything like that my gut says it's anarchists probably I mean, they're literal... I mean, it's something that could be rebuilt again. Yeah, It's not like it's Stonehenge or something like that that's that's, irreplaceable. Yeah, but would it have stood a lot longer than books? Yeah, that's the thing. It would have. Anarchists don't want there to be civilization again. They don't give a fuck about your currency or your, your speeding tickets or... Nope, we don't want that. Go away. And they didn't... I don't think anybody got injured in the... I want to say they just blew it up. If if somebody was injured, I'm sure it'd be a bigger deal than what it is. Yeah. So hopefully nobody got harmed in it. It's unfortunate. I'm not saying who cares by any means. I kind of am on that one. Fuck that one. It's unfortunate, but... There was good and bad with it. Yeah. Maybe. The fact that, you know, it gave basically almost Farmer's Almanac version of hints, tips, tricks, time, season, solstice to plant, harvest, miscellaneous, but... It also had religious connotations of how to live, how to raise your family, you know, general guidelines such as that. That's why it's called the Guidestones, the guidelines for life, for survival, and 
shall we say, etiquette upbringing. There was the religious connotation side of it, which is why, again, an anarchist or a religious extremist would. So, a new civilization will grow best without any of the priors dogma. Fuck all that shit. Yeah, I don't give a fuck when your Christmas was. Oh, this is the shortest day of the year and I can't find that out in two years? It gets cold now. It doesn't get cold now. Will any of that even fit after the sun explodes? Literally or figuratively. I'm cool with it. I wish they'd stop burning down libraries that have useful information. That sounds like religious shit. Like this thing, all the people I don't like probably love it. Yeah, so I guess you could say some of the things that were recorded on the stones were some of the things that are part of the problem. I mean... I mean there's directions on how to govern people with religion, based on that religion. Did it include all religions on it? I doubt it. They would need bigger stones. Well, it's one of the problems, is a drizzle of fact-reality survival with the connotations of this is how, why, undertones, deity. Bullshit. I don't condone violence of any kind, just for the record. So, basically, Matthew chapter 13 is a parable about a farmer who went out to sow seed to grow crops. And if you just mindlessly fling seed around to sow your crops, some of it's going to land on pathways and it's going to get eaten by birds or trampled on. Nothing's going to grow, obviously. Some of it will get cast out with the weeds and just get choked out and never amount to anything. And some of it will land where you want it to and it will grow and you can sow it and reap your rewards. But imagine if you actually paid attention to what you were doing and sowed your seed into a proper field and took care of it, how much more your reward would be. So it's basically talking about who you share your knowledge with. Like if you go out as a Christian and go and talk to a group of atheists, that's not going to do you much good. Eh. Wrong. Sorry. What's wrong? The same side of the token. The Christian view of you need to share your knowledge and share it with the atheist to try. Try to bring them to God. Your seed may land in impotent soil. However, you still try to bring it because you need to be the fisher of man. You need to try to bring everyone. Yeah, so you're going to go out and you're going to try and bring these people to your side. Or essentially save them from damnation when they die. So this is talking more like you wouldn't go to a group of atheists and give them a sermon because that's not going to do anything. You want to give other Christians sermons and knowledge and things like that that have to do with what you all believe in. With atheists or just going out as like the third world countries and try and bring people over to Christ. It's where the religious versus the survival difference of this book and its lessons is very, very apparent. What should be a book of life lessons to teach you how to survive, exist, you know, societally uh, coexist, Mm -hmm. it it became a religious movement, a significance, and a, a leverage point. So, you know, again, is it a lesson in how to sow your crops? Or is it a lesson in how to sow the religion? Because honestly, if you just try to find like-minded people to bring them to your 
your one-sided mentality. So Swiss Family Robinson covers this exact point, literally. And he tells almost the same parable. It's a little more complicated than that, but basically, yeah. But so the, the point of that is they're marooned, right? Mm -hmm. On this desert island. And they do meet locals who have been influenced by a missionary. And the missionary brought all sorts of really good things. Like he was teaching them how to cultivate and how to clean themselves. And like mm -hmm. Mortality rate went way down. But then there's also the other side of the coin where if that's all he had done, wouldn't that have still increased their quality of life? Like why did it have to be? And they did in the book put in a very strange scenario where at the end of it, being Christian did help. It kept them from eating them because they were afraid of God. I mean, if, if you help somebody, generally they're going to help you. Now, if they freak out as soon as they see you and think, oh, that's a white person, it's either God or we should eat it. Primitive. But that's why the Old Testament came in, to take the very primitive internment of people. And the New Testament created civilization. Basically what they're saying in the parable is know your audience. So if you're in a group of Christians, you're sharing testimonies. And people are sharing their experiences with each other and they're growing on that. Speak with a fork of tongue. Speak to one audience one way, another audience another way. Yeah. Sort of. I mean, PB&J. Yeah, that's one way to put it. You have to start where they know. Blend your opinion, hide your opinion in certain masses. Yeah. I'm not saying I agree with it, but that's generally the point, I think. Yeah. And it's, but it's that, again, it's that, and that subservient fit the one mindset kind of suppressed mentality. Maybe that's my biggest negative standpoint for the whole subject matter. So there's 1% that actually do things and 99% that talk about doing things. The 1% are generally pretty good people. It's the other 99% that fuck it up. Like that 1% of people that actually are dedicated enough to go and spend the rest of their life with some primitive tribe on an island. They're probably decent people, like Jesus shit. They've dedicated their life to saving other people for no, nothing other than heaven, which is stupid, but whatever. And, and these are the same people that would give their religion as an option. It's like, I'll build you this school and this hospital, but you have to come to church and you have to listen to me talk about Jesus. They're not like that. They're like, if you want to come talk, you want to, you want to learn what I'm about, come over. We'll talk about it. Cool. But they're still going to build that school. And they're still going to build that hospital. They're still going to help the community. So a lot of the early monasteries, though, they were conquest. Yeah. You brought Christians in, and then anybody that you didn't, convert it was, or you yeah, die. Yeah. They didn't Spanish put in that Inquisition word. Oh, yeah. 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 So that's where it went bad. The 99% that's organized religion for you. These are your standard run-of-the-mill person making themselves something they're not to control and benefit themselves off of people. Power is power. Whether it's money or... Taking advantage of the meat. So I'm telling you, I think there's something to this devotion thing. Most of the major ones are all second-hand devotion now, other than cult leaders. Those guys, like, he's a living God. We're devoted to him. But, like, the Pope, super powerful. He's got a tribe of a billion fucking people at this point or some shit. Might be more than that. I have no idea. But, like, if he said, hey, we need to go start a war over here. One person of that fucking billion says, okay... He's got a hell of an army. He's going to hold on more than 1% of that billion, too. You, you know what I'm saying. That's a lot of yeah. fucking people that just like, all right, do the cool. Crusades again. Look at the Crusades. Yeah, it's the exactly The first thing they would do is they would go to the prisons and be like, hey, you killed somebody, you're going to go to hell when you die. But you come kill people for us, straight to heaven you go. We will 
altar. That I'll put in a good word for you, Jesus, and you'll go right to heaven when you die. I mean, that's all's forgiven if you go murder for me. A lot of the extreme Islam, the exact same. You want to go to heaven, kill an infidel. Yeah. Religious extremists. The bad 1%. There's so much bad things in organized religion these days. It doesn't have to be extremists. Duality. There's a 1% I mean, good, 1% bad. We I have no problem with religion. Words. I have a problem with organized churches and things like that. Anytime you organize something, you civilize it. It means you add civilization to the thing. This is not a good thing. You've taken the nature out of it. And you've civilized it. Why? Why would we? Because more people fit in civilization. It's easier to keep track of everyone. We can monitor your money. You can't trade things. Fuck you. A lot of it is about money. Hey, Jesus says I need a new private jet. Send me your money so I can buy a jet. Because that's what Jesus wants for me. Televangelism. I need a new mansion. Some people truly believe in this shit, though. Like, with their entire heart and soul, they believe That's, in this shit. Yeah. A lot of religious groups take advantage. People elevate themselves to a place of False authority items. and take full advantage. can't believe I'm advocating for Christians right now. This almost never happens. But once again, 99, 98% of them are pretty good people. Energy balls. Oh, that's a long, funny story. I watched that one once. That's Spaceballs, which uh, is a conversation of its own. Is anyone on the spaceship not an asshole? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mel Brooks, your treasure. I need to watch that again. Okay, energy balls. Let me see if I can do this in a non-copyright infringing way. All right, so let's just say we're going to skip a whole bunch of steps, and we're going to go straight to manifesting your energy outside of your body. Funny enough, this is something they talked about on Dragon Ball Z. That doesn't surprise me at all, man. Hollywood. I mean, it's chi. You know, that's part of it. Yeah. Um, oh, you can call it whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. But they're talking about, like, they're teaching this girl how to fly. Mm-hmm. So, basically, that's what you would do. You would learn to, like, harness your energy and into, like, a ball that you can use and manipulate with this your is- will. Literally the conversation. But then, like, focus it under your feet to levitate yourself and Mm -hmm. fly. That sounds incredible. Yeah. That's... (laughs) Like, again, it's an anime, of course. Dude, I mean... So... Okay, so... But basic, you know, it's along the same lines. PB and J will go back a few steps on how you focus your energy in any way. Most people have never seen it. And it's really strange when you actually do so, think about if you're focused on something and you come to the realization that there's someone standing behind you. How did you come to that realization without them making any sound or anything like that? It's a good one. Wouldn't you feel their energy? Hunter's intuition, as it's sometimes called, is the ambient awareness of surrounding energies, presences, miscellaneous. Um, there's but there's more not to necessarily. It a movement or sound involved yeah. it's it's that it's almost a pressure awareness as it's sometimes uh, your aura touched my aura yeah. exactly but at the same time maybe you smell the soap that they used when they took a shower or their cologne or their deodorant maybe you notice that there was sound bouncing off of something that's like where before it was nothing now you can hear that there's something behind you because sounds hitting it now bouncing it back towards you 
if that makes sense. Energy balls. Never been able to manifest energy condensed. It's way, way, way more complicated than you'd think. And expanded energy, again, as kind of a sensory thing, yes. Condensed, haven't even tried to focus it that hard. Nobody ever has. But it should be one of the first things you do. But nobody ever thinks about cultivating a spirit. Like, the mind and the body are obvious. But that spirit thing, your connection to the higher, and I guess maybe a lot of people do. They just use, like, the the textbook cookie cutter, the Bible, or the Quran. This is how you, you don't need a spirit in this life because whatever you got is gonna go to the next. Okay, so breathing techniques, meditation techniques. Um, I usually just go into my own personal breathing technique and then close my eyes, meditate, and do the little energy ball thing. Eventually you can feel it. It kind of helps when I chase the static and try to keep it in a more and more condensed point. I don't know if that makes sense to anyone or not, but there you go. I'll have to play with flying. If it works, I'm going to lose my shit. If anybody steals my techniques, come fly with me. I'm pretty sure that was exactly why. That's such a gigantic conversation that there is no... I think maybe I did actually want to talk about the whole life is a video game thing, but then I thought about it in video games. Maybe we can just leave that alone for the next six months and talk about it every time. Life is literally an open-world RPG. The largest known MMORPG. I think, uh, once again, that 1% on either side are players. 1%'s decided to play the game in a good way, and 1%'s decided, fuck it. Heroes and villains. And 98% are either non-player characters or noobs. If your life were a video game, what would the game be about? Be good. That sounds like a very Or even, like, what's game? your... What's your game of choice? What's your genre? Hmm? Yeah, either one. Can we do the, the message thing yet? It depends on where people listen. Like, if they listen to this on CastBox, absolutely, they can comment. No matter where you're listening. I mean, you can always find us on Facebook, but Facebook. nobody uses Facebook anymore. Send us a message. Leave a comment. Tell us we suck. I don't care what it is. Yeah. It'd just be nice for people to interact. Tell us what you want us to, to ramble about. That would help a lot, I think. Yeah, give us a subject to talk about. Well, I guess that was uh, another episode of fucking Tuesdays. But once again, short episode. Shit happens. Fucking Tuesdays. I love you. Good night. Bye. Do do do.